You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we're going to do something that we have not done in a very long time. We're going to talk a little Kentucky football. It's been such a long time since we've gotten to discuss uh, Mark Stoops and the football program. But before we do that, we're going to talk about Kentucky basketball a little bit. We're going to talk about 10 different teams that could give Kentucky trouble in March uh, if the Wildcats potentially run into them. And then we are also going to do our player power rankings as we do every single Thursday uh, for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all podcast platforms and we're on YouTube as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. 10 teams that could give Kentucky trouble in the NCAA tournament. I did not want to limit this to potentially five or maybe even three because there are so many different teams that Kentucky could face uh, off against at any point uh, during this tournament. I wanted to kind of go a little bit more in depth, but considering that we we don't have a lot of time today, we're just going to go blitz through these 10. And if you've got thoughts on different teams that you think Kentucky could potentially struggle with in the NCAA tournament or teams you think uh, Kentucky could match up well with or teams you think that you would like to see Kentucky play, leave a comment below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. On YouTube, if you're watching on podcast, you can uh, hit me on the socials. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance.Underscore and give me your thoughts on the NCAA tournament and the Kentucky Wildcats. The first team here that I think Kentucky could struggle with, Arizona. Currently 22-2 and right now, a projected one seed. They are the second tallest team in the country, and they're very efficient offensively and defensively. They've got size. They've got length. They can shoot the three ball. Uh, they've got a really talented uh, big man named Azulis uh, Tubelis. Uh, he's, he's very, very talented, can shoot the three ball, uh, very versatile. He, he, when, when you think about big men in college basketball, you don't necessarily think about guys that are fluid and coordinated and can just play, uh, better than you would think a guy that's seven feet tall could. And then, uh, Tubelis is one of those guys where it's just like, he's really fluid and he could probably translate to the NBA very, very well. They've also got another big man, Christian Coloco, who could probably give Oscar Shibway fits. The The Wildcats of Arizona are averaging 84.9 points per game. This would be a team that I would not want to touch with a 10-foot pole uh, come March Madness if these two teams were to potentially meet in the Final Four or if either Kentucky or Arizona drops to a two-seed. If they met in the same region, uh, I would not feel very confident uh, in that matchup. Another team here... Uh, kind of kind of a little bit of a curveball, at least in my opinion, Seton Hall. Now, Seton Hall currently right now is 15-8, and eight, and they're a projected 8 seed. And you may say, well, why would Kentucky struggle with, with an 8 seed? I'll get to that in a second. But the reality is Kentucky may actually match up with this team uh, in the NCAA tournament. In fact, Kentucky is projected to get matched up with Seton Hall uh, if Kentucky wins their 1-16 game and Seton Hall wins their 8-9 game. Right now, they're projected to play each other. Uh, according to Joe Lenardi's Bracketology. Seton Hall's the ninth tallest team in the country. They've got lengthy guards, and they play up-tempo. They can shoot the basketball. They're not necessarily an elite offense, but they're relatively efficient. They've got a uh, really st- solid strength of schedule. They're 17th nationally uh, in strength of schedule. And the reason that I've picked out some of these taller teams 
as you may know, have noted, Arizona's a tall team, Seton Hall's a tall team, and they're efficient and they're up-tempo. I think that's the style of play that Kentucky plays poorly against. And we saw that last game against Tennessee, and I think you're going to see Kentucky struggle in the uh, NCAA tournament if they run into a team similar to Tennessee. And not all these teams are necessarily tall, but there's different aspects about them that I think don't match up well with the with the wild, Wildcats. And specifically, I'm looking for teams that can match up well against Oscar Shibway. Uh, because, because he is the lifeblood of this Wildcats team. Third team here, Wisconsin. They're a projected four seed. They do have depth and length. They're the 23rd tallest team. They use that length uh, to their benefit. A guy They have a guy named Chucky Hepburn. I believe he's their starting point guard, and that, that name just terrifies me, Chucky Hepburn. I just felt like putting that on there. That's, the reason, that's the, solely the reason that I put Wisconsin on here. Solely the reason, Chucky Hepburn. No, I'm kidding. Honestly, Johnny Davis, uh, their shooting guard, is their go-to guy. He's going to be an NBA guy one day. He could be very hard to stop. He's got a little length as well. Six foot five shooting guard. Really would be curious to see how Kentucky guards that. Fourth team here, Gonzaga. They're a projected one seed right now. One of the most dominant teams in college basketball right now. Their front court is a nightmare to play. Chad Holmgren, Drew Timmy, uh, both guys that are probably going to be lottery picks. The Bulldogs shoot 38.3% from three. I mean, this team is just dynamic in a lot of different ways. And I know they have a couple of questionable losses in their non-con slate. But still, Kentucky's a team that lacks size. And I could definitely see the Bulldogs giving them problems in a Final Four setting. Uh, Another team here, Xavier. A projected six seed. Uh, they're very scrappy, very physical. They play solid defense. Paul Scruggs is uh, is a six foot five guard that could give Kentucky problems. And then they they got a they've got a big man, Jack Nunge or Nunge, I believe, uh, who is seven feet tall. I'm terrible with pronunciations. If you've been listening to this podcast at all, I'm I'm an idiot. Uh, but but the big man and Paul Scruggs could be really hard to stop. That combination could be deadly. And again, I just question if. Shibway faces up against a big man that is not only tall but is talented. How does he face off? At only at six foot nine. How does how does he play well? Because he didn't play well against Tennessee. And so that just it genuinely concerns me now. Uh six team here, Purdue. This is just kind of a gimme. Uh, they're the most efficient offense in the country. Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, Trevion Williams uh, are their big three. Ivey's averaging over 17 a game. Eady and Trevion Williams averaging at least 12.3 uh, points per game between the two. Those three guys will be very incredible to stop, or very incredibly difficult to stop. And Purdue has crazy length as well. They're the 16th tallest team in the nation. Purdue again. It's it's another team that could be a Final Four caliber uh, type of type of uh, type of team, and I just don't think that uh, Kentucky would match up well with uh, with the Boilermakers. Uh, number seven here, uh, out of the uh, out of the uh, eight, uh, Texas Tech is a projected three seed. Uh, this is just for me personally. Texas Tech is like Sweet 16 good, but they're probably like the 13th or 14th best team out of the Sweet 16. So if you beat them, I think you're Sweet 16 caliber. And if you lose to them, it, you, you're probably somewhere hovering around that spot, depending on how closely you lost to them. They've got a very solid defense. They don't have a ton of height, but they would absolutely hound Kentucky, and that concerns me. Number eight here, Ohio State, projected five seed. They've got tall guards. They've got an excellent big man in EJ uh, Liddell, a, who is averaging a, a 19.9 points per game, and they're battle-tested. They uh, have the 18th overall strength of schedule. Ohio State, another team that I would be concerned with facing off, uh, facing off against. Another team here, and I know that we just played them, but I wanted to include it in case these teams find, each, uh, find themselves playing each other in, in an Elite Eight. Uh, Tennessee. 
I think would be just after seeing it would be a team that Kentucky might struggle against. We just saw it. I mean, there's not really much uh, arguing uh, with that, that we just simply saw the Wildcats get run over uh, in Knoxville. So how would they play on a neutral site would be interesting to see. And then, uh, and then the final team here uh, for, for my 10 teams that I think uh, can, could give uh, Kentucky trouble in the NCAA tournament, I've got Duke. Now, I, I know if you were watching before the Tennessee game just a couple days ago, we saw Duke really struggle at home against Wake Forest. They got away with what I thought personally was basket interference. Um, if you go back and watch that replay a little, I believe an eighth of the ball was over uh, uh, above that rim uh, before the Duke player uh, dunked it. It was basket, basket interference in my opinion. Um, but whatever, they, they beat Wake Forest. This team still, though, has the, the intangibles, and they've, they've already beaten Kentucky. I think they've got length. I think they run the floor well. I think they th- that they score well. They're averaging almost 80 points a game. This is, a, this is my 10th team that I really think if Kentucky were to match up with them, they could give the Wildcats some problems. So those are my 10 teams right there that could give Kentucky trouble in March. Again, if you've got thoughts on teams you want to see Kentucky play, if you've got thoughts on teams that you think Kentucky could play well against, or if you want to disagree with my list, leave a comment below. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Kentucky in March Madness. And this is all not to say that Kentucky can't have success. It's just that looking at these two teams on paper, it looks like these 10 teams would probably play well in certain aspects of the game. And look, Kentucky's probably not going to play, if any of these teams, potentially, uh, depending on what their draw is and depending on whether or not they actually make it collectively to an Elite Eight or a Final Four or something like that. So they may not actually play any of these teams. These are just teams that are really good and could really give the Wildcats fits. In a second, we are going to talk about Kentucky football and Will Levis. What should we expect from Will Levis in his final season with the Wildcats? We're going to talk about that in just a second, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl here with you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Kentucky football, Will Levis. I wanted to talk about Will Levis a little bit because I've been looking at some of his numbers and I've been thinking recently and I had to write down a list I've been thinking recently about all the teams in the SEC returning quarterbacks this year, and I was thinking about some of the different transfers that guys have, uh, different teams have gotten, and I've been thinking about just all SEC caliber quarterbacks, and I'll tell you, man, the SEC is loaded at the quarterback position this year. They've got a lot of different guys returning. They've got some new guys coming in. This could be a very fun year in the SEC in terms of quarterback play after we saw just an abysmal year. Um, with with uh, with quarterback play last season. My question about Will Levis, is he an all-SEC quarterback or does he have a legitimate chance to get there before the end of the season? 
So just look at some of his numbers in 2021. He was sixth in the SEC in passing yards. He was sixth in passing touchdowns. He was sixth in completion percentage. He was sixth in yards per attempt, and he was sixth in passer rating. So all of those numbers would indicate that he was probably the, the sixth best quarterback um, in the SEC. I would say probably behind Bryce Young, um, Stetson Bennett, um, KJ Jefferson, Matt Corral. Am I missing somebody? Miles Miles Brennan, maybe just because of the stat padding he he did at LSU. Um, no, excuse me, Max Johnson. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said Miles Brennan. Today's been a little wild for me, but I, again, I think there's a legitimate chance he could be an All SEC quarterback before the end the end of the season. Honestly, when you run down the list, he might get really close after SEC media days to being a preseason All SEC SEC selection, maybe a third team guy. So let's just run down the list of different quarterbacks here real quick. Georgia's bringing back Stetson Bennett. He's probably going to be an all-SEC guy. Florida's probably going to have Jack Miller, Anthony Richardson. That's a possibility, but uh, but I don't, I don't think either of these guys are all-SEC caliber. Hendon Hooker's returning for Tennessee. He's going to be phenomenal, in my opinion. Will Levis, obviously, returning for Kentucky. Spencer Rattler coming in for South Carolina. He transferred in from Oklahoma. He's going to make some noise in the SEC this season, I think, but he's not going to be an all-SEC guy. Also, I believe that the way that the voting is set up, you can't vote for guys that did not play on an SEC team last year or are freshmen. Um, So Rattler would be out of the conversation, therefore. Missouri with Brady Cook. No. Uh, Vanderbilt with Mike Wright. No. Also, I don't know if Brady Cook's starting for Missouri. That's just my assumption. Bryce Young is going to be an all-SEC selection. First team, no doubter. Auburn, uh, don't know what's going on at quarterback there. Uh, they could they could go for like four or five different guys, whether it be Zach Calzada or TJ Finley or some one of, the, one of the new freshmen or whatever. I don't know what's going on at Auburn, but none of their guys are all-SEC selections. Uh, Arkansas with KJ Jefferson, potentially, but no. Miles Brennan at LSU, no. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss, no. Will Rogers at Mississippi State, probably. Uh, and then Texas A&M with either Max Johnson or uh, Connor Wigman. Uh, so you look at those three guys ahead of Will Levis. Bryce Young of Alabama, Will Rogers of Mississippi State, uh, Georgia, uh, Stetson Bennett, and then uh, Hendon Hooker of Tennessee. That's four guys ahead of Will Levis. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a preseason All-SEC selection, but I can definitely see Will Rogers not necessarily regressing, but not necessarily progressing to the point where he could be voted as one of those guys. Bryce Young is going to do what he's going to do. He's going to be a first-teamer. So it comes down to can Will Levis jump above Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker statistically or maybe in some of the things that he does in the schedule. I'll say this, getting getting Georgia at home this season for the Wildcats is huge because if they can win that game and Will Levis has a good season, that almost, in my mind, guarantees an all-SEC selection spot over Bennett if Kentucky goes 10-2 and two and Stetson Bennett has a year like he had last year where he threw like only 24 touchdowns or something like that. So you think about, okay, well, if he has a good season statistically and he can get some of those wins, then it's definitely a possibility. So who are some of the weapons that Will Levis could potentially be throwing to or surrounding him? Well, obviously, you're going to have Chris Rodriguez back as a running back. You're going to have Cavassier Smoke back as a running back. He's going to make, those two guys are going to make you look better, and they can also catch the football. Then you're going to have a couple wide receiver transfers. There's not a lot of depth, or at least there didn't appear to be a lot of depth in this wide receiver room until Kentucky hit the transfer portal, and now they've got a couple of guys that could possibly start for them, which will allow some of their younger guys that they now have to kind of blend in 
and kind of get some minimal reps and kind of learn the system and kind of progress uh, properly. But you've got Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech. You've got Javon Baker from Alabama. And you've got a freshman, Barion Brown. Uh, Demarcus Harris is a senior, I believe. Dane Key, who's a freshman. And then Chris Lewis, who's a, who is a freshman. Those are probably going to be the receivers Levis is throwing to. I'm very confident in Tavion Robinson's ability to become not necessarily a Juan Dale Robinson type of guy, but he's going, I think he's going to carry the load for this team. And then Javon Baker, obviously, anytime you can get an Alabama transfer, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about his skill set as well. And then the two tight ends, Keaton Upshaw and Brandon Bates, Isaiah Cummings as well, throw, you can throw him in there. So you've got weapons. Like, you've definitely got weapons. And then offensive line has not really been a concern for the Wildcats over the past two or three seasons, but they do need a new left tackle. It could be Keonta Goodwin, and they need a new right tackle as well. But other than that, the interior of the offensive line is going to be fine. So you've got your interior, you need new tackles, and you've got weapons. I genuinely believe that once you combine all of those things and potentially a win at home against Georgia, I think you could see an all-SEC season for Will Levis. I just wanted to talk about the, the quarterbacks in the SEC and Will Levis and his projections because I think it's going to be a very fun year for college football in the Southeastern Conference, and I think that Will Levis is going to be one of the bright spots uh, in terms of quarterback play. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the player power rankings here uh, for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team, and then we'll wrap things up. So obviously things statistically have not been going fantastically uh, for for the Wildcats over the past couple of games. Obviously, the uh, loss to Tennessee definitely um, hampered that. And then the uh, the game against South Carolina and the game against Florida uh, weren't particularly like crazy impressive. I mean, you beat South Carolina by 10 and you beat Florida. Uh, you, you beat the brakes off Florida, but still, there wasn't necessarily a, a lot of like impressive like standout performances outside of Oscar Sheboy's 27-point game against against Florida, in my opinion. Y'all may disagree with that. That's okay. But the three players here on the power rankings will go from third to first. Kellen Grady is my third guy. He's been averaging 11 points per game uh, over the past few contests. And, and it really seems like teams have tried to hone in on guarding him aggressively. And it, it, you can see whenever he's playing, it makes him visu- visibly uncomfortable. Whenever he can't get room off, uh, he, he doesn't have room to get a shot off. And teams have been guarding him closely, and he's not been uh, been able to put up a ton of shots recently, but he's been averaging 11 points over his past uh, few games. He averages 11.8 on the season. He's one of the few Wildcats as of late that has not not regressed. Um, and I'm not saying this team's on, on a cold streak. I'm just saying like there's not a lot of like crazy, impressive performances recently. Number two here on the player power rankings, Davian Mintz. He plays extremely hard. Every single game, every single minute that he's out there, I absolutely love this kid. The more that I watch him, the more that I'm just, I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, the more I'm just sad that he's going to be gone. He just has such an intensity, and I I love the way that he plays the game. Uh, He's got a good three-point shot. He's shooting 40.7% from the field over the past three games, um, which actually, believe it or not, is above his average. Uh, So he's shooting well. He's getting 2.3 rebounds per game. Over the past three contests, he's also averaging 10.7 points per game. Again, he's going to become more of a crucial part of this team moving forward if Ty Ty Washington is not available uh, because of his knee injury. Davion Mintz is going to have to step up, and he's going to have to play efficiently uh, for this offense to continue to roll. And then obviously at the top of the player power rankings, who who, who guessed it? It's Oscar Shibwe. It's 19.3 points per game, 16 
rebounds per game and 2.3 steals per game over the past three contests. That's Tennessee, South Carolina, and Florida. Averaging almost 20 a game and then getting, getting 16 rebounds. He's playing very well. Played very well all season. But I'll say this. If teams start to pick up on the fact that he does not work well against size, it could be a problem. I'm not saying that it's going to be. I'm saying that it might be. Potentially, if teams start to pick up that uh, pick up on that and they've got the depth to go up against him and physically wear him down like Tennessee did, um, there there's opportunity there for Oscar Sheebway to finish the year not poorly, but just not putting up 20 and 16 a game. But, but there's definitely opportunity also as well for Oscar Sheebway to really rebound for the, from this and do or, and for the, the, the team overall to do what I think is best for them, which is sending more than one guy at the glass so that Sheebway can uh, grab rebounds, which we've now seen for a couple of games is, is really working for the Wildcats. But there, there you have it. Player power rankings. If you've got thoughts on the player power rankings, you can, uh, you can hit me on the socials. Uh, you can co- leave a comment on, on, on YouTube. Would love to hear your thoughts about the uh, the different Wildcats that are playing well right now for Kentucky. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow, everybody. Have a good day, and God bless.